You probably already know by now that I am a huge fan of Seesaw and teaching with the engineering design process. So naturally, I found a way to merge the two together with my everyday teaching in the STEM classroom. While the audio from this episode has never been heard before on this podcast, this presentation is from an online summit I did in the past at one of Seesaw Connect's online conferences. I'll be breaking down different ways that I like to integrate Seesaw when teaching with the engineering design process and how to make it work for K-5. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. We have the engineering design process, which is standards that we have to teach. And then we have Seesaw, this amazing tool that we know works well for our students. How in the world can we connect the two together? I am Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current K-5 STEM teacher, and I am here to show you just that, how we can integrate Seesaw with the engineering design process to showcase student learning and really show off their creativity. So let's dive into this course and have a great time together. First, we're going to learn about what is the engineering design process, and it's not just for STEM classrooms. So this will be very helpful, especially if you are a classroom teacher. Two, we're also going to see ways that with the engineering design process, how we can integrate that into Seesaw. Three, we're going to look at some student examples. I have pulled together things from primary students and also intermediate students I've had in my classroom, so you could see the age range and ability levels in that way. And for some useful supplies and resources that you can take away and implement in your classroom. First, let's build some background knowledge on what is the engineering design process. It is a real process that engineers use to ask questions, find solutions, and iterate ideas. Iterate means to test your solutions, make some changes, and then test and make changes. So that process happens a lot. So why in the world should we teach this? It's this big, scary world. Our students aren't engineers. Well, actually, they can take on that role. They are in the Next Generation Science Standards for elementary. So kindergarten through second grade have the same engineering design process standards, and they can be applied to any of the other science standards that you have as well. So it's a great way to solve those problems. When you're looking at the engineering design process standards, you don't have to teach them for every single unit. So that's a whole other lesson that we could go into, but you really want to think about the standards where there is a problem that students need to solve. It is different than the scientific method, and the engineering design process isn't replacing the, the scientific method. So think about it like this. We have scientists who are testing solutions to see if they work. They are doing experiments and using different variables to test those solutions. Engineering design process is a little bit different because we're asking a question and then we are building to solve a problem. Yes, it can be hands-on building, but as you get more into it, it can involve 
other things like electrical engineering or computer engineering. So it's not just that um, building engineering that we typically think of, but that is definitely a great start. So when you're looking at those next generation science standards, again, look at those standards, see what would make the most sense with the scientific method work or the engineering design process. So for this session, we're focusing on engineering design process and examples for those. The great thing about this is through this process, as students get used to it, as you as a teacher are used to teaching it, it does promote creative problem solving. So there are multiple solutions to the problem, which is amazing. It's hard to get used to at first because everybody's ideas are going to look different and unique. And that is the amazing part because that is how inventions get started. So definitely something to dive into. And it's actually really fun once you start using it in your classroom. When integrating the engineering design process, Seesaw makes it so easy with the tools they already have built into the platform. So when you are planning your lessons, and if you're already familiar with Seesaw, you know that those tools are available and you can link the two together. So when you see the examples that I share, I have those tools in mind as I am lesson planning. Now, if you are new to Seesaw, I'm not gonna go over what all the tools do, just a quick overview. So just make sure that you check out Seesaw's website. They have some great tutorials for you to use when you're getting started. Also, if you're familiar with everything, um, definitely check those out as a great refresher. I've used Seesaw as a classroom teacher, so I've seen the value of what it was with my 24 students. And now as a K-5 STEM teacher, I also see how amazing it is with all the kids in this school. So this can definitely be done with all ages. Now, of course, we have the green add button. So when you click on that as a teacher or a student, there's all these tools that are available. So we have photos, kids can take pictures of their work, students can draw their own drawings and draw on top of things. They also have the option to record a video within the platform, which is very helpful. So they're not doing any external uploading, but you can do that as an option as well. And then of course they can type a note to respond to things and add a link. So adding in those tools right away are very, very meaningful. And then we also have the activity button, that light bulb. So depending on the time you have, creating activities ahead of time that go along with your lesson and students respond on top of the pages that you send them is also great as well because it can keep track of their thinking throughout the week. So often I will have a engineering design process notebook I'll send to their activities and then we will go through that as the days go on. Instead of me printing something, it's more interactive with the Seesaw tools available. I've included some resources in here to help you with the planning process and as you brainstorm some ideas. So the first document is that lesson plan document, more like a brainstorm. Of course, we like to type out our lessons, a lot of us, but this is just a great way to get ideas out there and think through how a lesson would work with the engineering design process. So of course, you start off with the unit that you're thinking about and the main standards that you're looking for. I typically start with the next generation science standard. So yes, the engineering design process is a next generation science standard, but I look at the other science standards to see if there are problems that we can solve. Not all of them work, again, for the engineering design process. So I look at the one that I really want to assess. And of course, I integrate the other content areas as well. So how are students going to be reading informational text? How are they going to be writing about their thinking? How are they going to respond digitally, which are common core standards? What math standards am I working on mathematical practices? So I list all of those there. Those are all woven in. 
any materials that I need. And those usually I pop in at the end once I think about those materials that might be needed. And then I go through each of the steps. So you'll see that there's little question stems that'll help you think through that. The second one is a poster that I created and have in my classroom, which you will be twins with me. And it's just each of the steps and how I combined some of them. So you notice that experiment and prove are together on the same step because when you think about it with kids, you're always experimenting, you're always improving. So I don't have them as separate steps, which you might see in other posters, because that is a step that goes back and forth the whole time. It's simultaneous. So you'll notice those little icons to trigger things, which step you're on with kids. Maybe even have a little clip, and you can clip on which step that you are at. Or even kids have their own poster, and they can clip where they are at as well. Of course, you go back and forth through the stages. So don't think, oh, we already imagined. We're not going to do imagining again. You always can go back to those stages. So I hope that you find these resources helpful while you are navigating the standard and making meaningful lessons. This is probably your most favorite part is how have students actually used Seesaw to enhance the engineering design process? Are there student examples? Can it be done? The short answer? Yes, and I will show you those different examples of how students have tackled this in many different ways. Now, the first stage of the engineering design process is that you ask a question. When I first started writing questions, I used to write them, can you build blah, 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 blah. Okay, so when I was thinking about it, can you, can you is a yes or no response. Can you build this? Yes or no? or a maybe. And so it wasn't really open-ended and it really closed off the thinking of the challenge. Now, students didn't really notice that at first. Some of the older students did with the wording, but it really closed off the experience. So when you are writing questions, write them instead by using how can. And that really opens up the possibilities because you're not teaching a cooking lesson. You're not teaching an arts and crafts. It shouldn't all look the same. It should look different because you're igniting that creativity. So think about that questioning. Also, when writing questions, there are lots of ways to do this. Depending on your time, you might actually want to provide the question. Uh, there was a point when I was teaching STEM for only three days of the week. And so we really didn't have the time to develop a question together well. So I would provide that open-ended question that we were trying to solve. Now, depending on your time, classroom teachers, you can integrate this throughout the day, which is amazing you could develop the question together. So you can provide how can, and then maybe the topic, and then you guys think about the problem you're trying to solve. Sometimes with those integrated units, you might even have a question that kids have been thinking about already, things that have popped up. So this could lead into an engineering design challenge. So it can be as guided or as open-ended as you want when it comes to that questioning part. Now, like I said, I typically will write the questions ahead of time just before time. I see them in very limited time during the month. And so uh, we will dive more into the other stages. So on the left, we have the fishing pole challenge. How can you create a fishing pole to help catch the fish? This is a challenge that I did with my first graders. And then on the right, we have the build a shelter challenge. How can you create a shelter that will withstand different types of weather? Now, they seem very similar. They have that how can, and they're more open-ended. 
but there is a big difference when you're writing for a primary and you're writing for second um, secondary students or those intermediate students in elementary. So typically what I have found be helpful with those younger students is that you have a one-part question. So yes, their creations will have lots of different things in them, but they're answering one question. For the older students, this is a two-part question. Can they create a shelter? And can that shelter withstand types of weather? And we have three types of weather they are trying to withstand. So there's two things that they have to answer and focus on. So it can bring that challenge level up more. Now, if you're thinking about differentiation, you could write two-part questions for students who need more of a challenge. The way I teach the imagining stage in the engineering design process for primary and intermediate students is fairly similar, but with a variety of resources. I will often pre-research the topics, again, to save time, and students have a lot of choice within the resources that I provide them. So we'll do some imagining just to help build that background and they understand the problem even further. I'll provide images that are from real life. So a great resource is Unsplash and they're high quality photos. So for one of our challenges, we were learning about boats. And so I provided different images of boats to give the, that inspiration. I also will use things like podcasts with students. There's some great ones like Brains On, Tumble Science are some great ones to build some background. Lots of videos, little video clips, and they might explain the science concept or maybe take kids to the place that we are learning about. Also, um, Get Epic, Epic Books has a lot of great kid resources. I'll create collections for students and they can explore within that collection to help them research. So really guiding them toward that direction, giving them that choice. I also want to make sure to hold students accountable for their learning. Nothing crazy. So you can see that these response sheets are very similar. There's just two different ways to respond. So they might be able to respond by writing and Seesaw makes that easy with the typing tool. Um, they can also respond by recording their voice. So if that's a lot easier for them. And then they can also draw their thinking. So drawing and labeling their thinking, you always seeing those drawing tools, or they might draw on a separate piece of paper, take a picture and insert it into that box. You notice there's QR codes and you obviously can't scan a QR code on the iPad that you're using. Um, this might be something that I print out. These are actually videos linked to YouTube. At my school, they are YouTube is blocked. So we'll actually watch a video as a class, respond to that video, watch the other video as a class and respond to that video. So using those outside resources to build that background, to build understanding, to know why they're solving this problem, well, what is going on, and just giving them those opportunities to explore things that are at their level. So this can be, of course, again, everything can, but be differentiated based on the needs of your students and the things that you have available. Getting overwhelmed with researching, planning, and teaching meaningful K-5 STEM lessons? It can be a lot of work, and I completely understand. When I walked into my brand new role at a brand new classroom with zero curriculum, over the years, I've been developing a K-5 STEM year-long plan that is rooted in standards, the engineering design process, and station rotations. In fact, don't just take it from me, here's what other teachers are saying about these plans. Anne says, this was a very helpful resource for me as a new STEM teacher. I appreciate that I had activities for all grade levels. My students loved all of these lessons. Tara says, this resource is amazing. I love that these are challenges that have been tried in the classroom. 
one of the best things that I purchased. There are over 50 lessons already included in the bundle and it's growing. Everything new that is added, lessons and updates, you will always get for free when you purchase today. As a bonus, I included a free digital teacher plan book that is made specifically for K-5 STEM teachers who have a lot of classes and plans to manage every day. It's easy to edit and gives you enough blocks to write in, unlike most paper planners out there. Being a podcast listener, I am giving you an exclusive $30 off code for the entire K-5 STEM bundle. You can grab the bundle at naomimeredith.com slash K5STEM and put in the code PODCASTK5 at checkout. Planning is so important at any stage when you're doing a project, and the planning doesn't have to be super intense. So if you're thinking about how much time that you have, planning can be quick. It doesn't always have to be drawing. So I'm going to show you drawing examples, but if you are super pressed for time, I've done this before in a class. I've done a 45-minute session with the engineering design process with younger students. And so far, part of the plan, I showed the students the materials that they'll be using. And then with their partner, they would talk about the five that they wanted to use. And that was their plan. So they were thinking about it ahead of time. So it can be as involved as you would like. Now, the great part about this planning stage in the engineering design process is I relate this a lot to the writing process. And so this is a time to really think about your ideas. You might not do exactly what you draw or talk about, but it's a way to get your brain thinking of lots of different ways. This example here is a student one in Seesaw. I sent them this planning sheet. And the wonderful thing about the drawing tool is that it's endless colors. My first week teaching STEM, I had somebody eat crayons. The kids were crying because he wouldn't share the crayons. He stuffed them in his mouth, and then he spit them all back in the bucket so nobody could have crayons. So that doesn't have to happen with the seesaw drawing tools. So this is super great. Ahead of time, you notice on the side the materials that we're going to use. I actually put on their real pictures of the things and the labels. Sometimes the kids, it depends on how you can make it. You could make the labels movable with the pictures. And so there's some ways that you can do that. And students could actually move and label the things that they have drawn. Or you could leave it stagnant like this and students can draw lines to what they are showing. So this will help especially the younger students to make sure that they are using everything that is provided or you're just thinking of a way that it can be used. Not required to use all the materials, but just ways that they can add more details to their plans. For older students, depending on the unit, my first units I typically do, we do focus a lot on the planning stage. And so this was an example of how a project we were doing of designing a hiking backpack. And so students actually drew their designs on a piece of paper just with the devices that we have. It wasn't as easy to draw on the actual device. So planning on paper is a-okay. That's why you have the picture taking tool in Seesaw and you can upload it that way. I would really wanted students to focus on the different parts of their designs. And trust me, I did not draw this. I can't draw. <laughs> Mine looks like the other one, the, the kindergarten example. So students were drawing their plans. They were labeling their designs and the purpose of those plans. I wanted them to also think about multiple views of their designs. Now, I should have put it on here. This plan actually came to life, and that student built it out pretty similar to what they had decided on, which was pretty amazing. 
Now, if you're like, well, we only have Chromebooks, we only have devices with a front-facing camera, one little hack you can do is have students turn in the papers to you at the end of class or have them lay them all out on a table, so lay them side by side. And then if you just use your phone, download the Seesaw app really quick, and then you go and take a picture for each of the students and add it to their account. It really takes about five minutes. You could probably get a better picture than them holding it up to the camera all awkwardly and you see their eyeballs popping out. You know what I'm talking about if you have your kids do that. I still do sometimes. But if you want a more clear picture like this, that's a great hack. If you want to be the kid's favorite teacher at school, have them build some things. The create stage of the engineering design process is so much fun. And this is the stage that kids thrive for and they love it. And you don't need a whole lot of materials to get started. Once they have started their plan, they have something in mind. This is where the magic happens for sure. Now, there isn't a whole lot in the create stage students might do um, because they are obviously creating, but you can definitely use Seesaw still as an asset to help them with their creating process. Now on the left is a final picture that a student uploaded into their Seesaw journal. So that definitely can be something you can include of their final design. So it was protect the food challenge. So how can you create something that will help you protect the food when staying the night in nature? So there's the little bear and that's their invention. So they can't get the popcorn. On the right, what I actually sent the students in Seesaw is a strategy of building cardboard technique that they could have used to improve their design. So this is a video of when you download the slides and click this photo, it takes you to the video if you wanna check it out. But it is an L-brace technique. So it's just a way to make cardboard stronger. And you notice on the left that student actually used that technique. So I don't force students to use techniques that I teach. However, it's just a strategy to help them improve. So that's a great way that you can include videos. Now, a tip for creating videos like this one when it is a technique, I actually record without sound. So that way students can watch it over and over again. They don't need headphones and they're just paying attention to the visual process of something being created. And this is also great because there's no language barriers. It's all visual. And so they can watch this as many times as needed. For a project that involves robots or even older students or things that have multi-steps, again, sending them those tips are very, very helpful. I've noticed that with the older students, there's a whole lot of differences of as you get into the projects and they are more used to the engineering design process, if you've used it a lot of times, they might, some students might be ready to move on to the create stage when others are still needing to plan one more day. So if you have these teacher tips available, this will help kids be successful and independent on their own. So this project is a Sphero project and they're creating with using Sphero. Sphero is that little ball robot. And so there are some tricky steps that just connecting the robot in general, it doesn't even have to do with the designing part, but I include these tips. So if they are working ahead on their own, or if they are working in a group and I've already shown the steps, or if a student is absent, or even if they want to do this at home, they have these available in their Seesaw journal and they can refer to it right away. So they don't have to wait on me. Um, they don't have to take the picture themselves. Like, wait, what was that again? They can just look in their Seesaw journal and it's right there. On the left is a different video. Now, I did make this ahead of time. Um, I use Sphero for quite a few lessons. So if you know you're going to use a tool many times, 
or if your partner teachers are going to use the same tool, if you make a video tutorial of those steps in detail and just kind of take some time, I will play that video as a whole class as my mini lesson. And then I also send it to kids in their Seesaw journals so they can access it as well. This video does have my voice because they do need to hear what I am clicking on, but just a way that how you can really use video to enhance and you can be in more places than once during that creation process. So think about those things that students might need you personally, make a video or send them pictures, and then you can be in more places at once. Once students have created their design, they are ready to experiment and improve along the way. Now, like I said, with the resources, experimenting and improving will happen simultaneously. And so that might be a quick back and forth process, especially with the younger students. They immediately see if something's going wrong, I need to fix it right away. So this is a great opportunity, especially if the projects are really messy or awkward, if it involves water. During this stage, you can be support by walking around as a teacher, but also you might be the one who wants to film and take videos of the students um, putting their designs in action. This is an example of a boat when we were helping the gingerbread man um, travel across the river. So if he got a little more smart, he could have designed an invention so he didn't get eaten, which he didn't want to get eaten even though he's cooking. So I was taking video of the kids um, testing their designs, and I didn't want them to have an iPad around the water, so this worked out great. So if you see that top box, that black box in the corner, if you click on that, when you download the slides, you could see the little boat moving around. So it's cute. You can hear their voices. It's great for the parents to see. Also, they can get that perspective of a different type of learning that's happening in your classroom because, of course, you know they're going home and sharing this. But it's cool for the parents to see it really quick. And you might actually take quicker videos than the kids. With older students, again, I will also go around and take videos. Sometimes they're um, better at being more independent at that stage. But again, if it's super messy, I'll do that stuff just to keep the devices safe. But with those older students, and they have those two-part questions anyway with their designs, but I will give them a modification and testing checklist. And they will have this beforehand. So while they're creating, they're thinking about how they can improve anyway. And so this isn't always a mystery to them. And sometimes they might even help me make that checklist and improve it and things that should be added, which is super awesome. And so for this one with the build a shelter challenge that we saw in another session is that they were building a shelter to withstand the elements. And so, yes, they built a shelter, but can it withstand the elements? So before they actually tested their design, I had them guess if it would withstand. And it's okay if they were all yeses, but we were trying to make their designs even better. Now, one of the stations was water as well. I just love using water, obviously. Um, I did have students take a picture before and a picture after, and then they could see how their design changed or was made better. So you could see um, that the student didn't have a covering, so it didn't withstand rain or snow, but then they added a covering and something on the bottom to make it more sturdy. So implementing all of those layers, which is great. I could print these out, of course, for students, and they could check it off. Not a problem, but it's just adding in that extra element to bring their creations to life and sharing their learning and interacting with their work in a way that they might not have had before.
The sharing part of the engineering design process, you really don't want to skip, and especially when it involves that reflection piece. This could be when you're thinking about planning your projects that you really focus in on a certain unit and how students share the, and reflect on their designs. Because that reflection part is so important. How can they improve and get better? And also notice the things that really work well when they're working in a group, when they're testing out things. So this is always a continual process. So the engineering design process isn't something like one and done. I checked it off my list. You can do this all year long. So of course, not with all the standards, but you could do this every month and it will totally change the way that students really attack this type of thinking. So not the only way to attack problems, but it's just really great that they have um, different projects to express themselves with the engineering design process. For younger students, I will often... I encourage them to type their thinking when they are answering reflection questions. Um, of course, I have them write the sounds you hear, so it's totally fine. Even having kids have these questions up on their screen in Seesaw and using them as sentence frames, and they can record their voice um, on top of that, that, which is excellent. They have the sentence frame right there in front of them, and they can go to a quiet spot and record how the project went. On the right-hand side, it's actually a student recording, so when you click on the slides, you can listen to the voice. I wish he used the arrow to point to everything, but have students take a picture of their work and then again, go to a quiet spot and they can record how their project works. So this was another food protection challenge invention. And he explained all the process of how this whole design works, which was really great. The thing I like about having kids record over a picture is that they can do that later on. So they could take a picture one day and then the next day they can record their voice. Maybe you have a designated recording station and students take turns so that um, there's not all the screaming and excitement because there is when you're doing challenges like this, but you could hear what students are working on. With this one, again, I add in more detailed questions, so more um, challenging questions for older students to think about. Um, there is a video up at the top of a robot prototype in action, and I think I was watching it. You can hear my voice at the end. I was very impressed because it stayed on the track the whole time. So that was super exciting. So we posted that video. And then um, having those pictures of things in action are really great. What I love is that students can also comment on one another's work. So that could be a whole lesson of how students can give one another feedback on how their design work. This is a game design. And so students gave feedback to each other's work on how well the game was played and if it actually made sense. And some of the parents even of their child started commenting on their work as well, which was super amazing. The Seesaw blog is also another opportunity where you can share work to other audiences. So students younger or older could share with their book buddies or if you're connected with other classes as well. So don't skip that sharing piece. It's super important for students to reflect and make meaning of the work that they did. When thinking through lessons that you want to implement the engineering design process and integrating Seesaw, there isn't a whole lot of supplies and resources that you need. In fact, you can just start with donations of general recycled materials, so cardboard tubes, thin cardboard, construction paper, anything you have on hand will work just as well. So don't feel like you need anything fancy. But if you do want some fancy things, I have provided you my suggestions of my top 20 favorite STEM tools to integrate into any classroom setting. 
So these are things that have various price ranges and you might even have some of these at home or even ask for some grants or different ways to gather these items in your classroom and build up a whole little STEM collection. And of course, don't forget to also download your brainstorm planning guide for the engineering design process and then your poster that you can use with your students. As you can already tell, this presentation has a ton of visuals, and I bet you are dying to see all of the examples and handouts from this presentation. You can grab the video recording of this episode, the video slides that I referenced throughout, student examples, and bonuses for only $5. That's less than a fancy cup of coffee. The bonus includes my engineering design process posters of various sizes and planning sheets to help you with your integration with Seesaw or really any other tech tool that you use in your classroom. This will be linked in the show notes and you can check it out all here, naomimeredith.com slash Seesaw EDP video replay. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementary STEM coach podcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.